Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. Answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. I'm Eric Kane with Austin Price, Rob Lewis, and Matt Ray. Big thanks and shout-outs to Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. For a free estimate, you can give them a call today if you need any repairs, upgrades on your home, siding, roofing, decks, whatever the case may be, 865-524-5888, or... Online, as always, at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. Got a whole lot to get into today. Full bank of questions. Appreciate you guys for sending those in. And we'll jump right into it. CN31 wants to know, any thoughts on Virginia? Expected to struggle again. Rob Lewis, you, uh, you've you done those scouting the opponents. What's your take on Virginia? Expected to struggle again, especially offensively. Uh, and again, you know, this is on paper, just you know, doing you know, research. And, you know, I don't want to get just staying on the field. I mean, they had a you know, obviously had horrible off the field issues, but just on the field last year, tough year uh, for the Cavaliers. Don't know that, you know, they added any, any real help in the transfer portal. That's going to be able to write the ship. I mean, they were um, right at the bottom of the ACC in scoring and in total offense. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's a lot of reason to feel like things are going to be a lot better for, uh, for Tony Elliott, who, who's, who, by the way, you'd never want to go to for job advice. Obviously, when, when you're talking about job about you know job evalu- evaluation skills, looking across that sideline, September the second's going to be real for him, right, Rob? I had to, you know, really, and again, you, you can't put it all on him. I mean, certainly, you know, he didn't in- inherit a Hendon Hooker, but still, uh, they averaged seven. I mean, it, it they averaged 17 points a game last year compared to you know what what did Tennessee put up 40, 47. Per, per game and and the the it's a stark difference in what he's working with in Charlottesville and what what Heupel has Tennessee at right now. You tell me George Welsh is not working walking back in that door. He's not walking back in that door, AP. Herman Moore is not walking back Tiki through that Barber's door. Tiki Barber is not walking back in that door. Tiki Barber is not walking through that door. <laughs> Let's move on now to Swagger Twelve. Do you know if there's a certain number of recruits that are looking to sign in this class? No, because the number – I mean, last year in this class, the number 25 is irrelevant. Like, it's not it's not existent. If you wanted to sign 43 high school kids, you can as long as you were at 85. And so that number, uh, it could be 22. It could be 27. Um, you know, I, I think it depends on who wants to come, who wants in. I don't think Tennessee's just going to take a body to take a body, um, you know, because ultimately I think you would rather take – some of those spots that maybe used to go to some guys that were developmental guys and go to the portal and try to plug a player or two who has a year or two in a college weight room, who has a year or two experience playing at the college level. Um, You know, so I I don't think there's a set number. 
In your opinion, Austin, just how does that factor into recruiting rankings now where you're going to see some teams take 22, 23 and not, you know, find those developmental bodies, whereas you'll see teams like Georgia that don't utilize a transfer portal quite as much. I, I think they're already sitting at 26 commits. They may end up out to 30. Like, does, does that change the way that people should look at recruiting rankings now? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think a lot of it fluctuates. Um, you know, I thought last year's class, um, you know, which was a fringe, you know, right outside the top 10-ish class for Tennessee, um, was better than – you know, a class two years ago that was ranked sixth, you know, uh, at other schools. Uh, I, I thought, you know, last year the depth, you know, was uh, the depth of the classes that were ranked in the top 10 or just outside the top 10 was really, really good. And so I do think that, that some of that can be optics. Um, you know, I had one person tell me the other day, you know, that, that you know, the one SEC coach when – I don't want to name names, but one SEC coach when they were in this league, you know, they were like, you know, hey, let's take this guy. Optically, he's going to help the class. He's going to help us get to number one in recruiting. Even though he doesn't fit our style of play, we'll just throw him back in a year or two. And it, but the, they don't re, they don't, you know, when a kid transfers, they don't re rank the recruiting classes. So, like, when they go up and say, School X has had the number one recruiting class, you know, three of the last four years or whatever. Like it, it, it's an optic that kids and parents see and they, they want to be a part of. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think optics matter. Uh, they're not an end all be all, but I do think that uh, for, you know, for, for kids, for parents, for people that are, are watching this type of thing, uh, they absolutely do matter. Got another one, another one here from Swagger 12. Uh, Matt, we'll go to you. Does this seem to be, uh, any type of consistent reason Tennessee's losing recruits in these one-on-one -on -one matchups, uh, especially after leading Tennessee Clemson, Tennessee LSU, Tennessee Alabama? No, you know, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think we've alluded to it a pretty good bit. They're they're in big-time heavyweight recruiting battles right now, and these things turn on a dime at times for reasons, you know, that folks may never know. Um, but, you know, again, I think Tennessee's won some of those battles. I mean, you know, you, you look at the Mike Matthews, you know, they were never the leader until they were, and then they were the leader and they held on. Um, you know, they, they didn't lose out on Edwin Spillman. They didn't lose out on Boo Carter. Um, you know, and, and those, those were head-to-head -head battles with Michigan and Ohio State, both teams that were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I mean, you look back a year ago, they beat out Arian Carter for beat out Alabama for Arian Carter. They beat out Georgia and Alabama for David Hobbs. You know, uh, you know, Ricky Gibson, Georgia late, you know, made a big push, and Tennessee, you know, wins that battle. Um, all of those players are in this program, and, and, and certainly Tennessee feels like are going to help them um, in a big, big way. And so, uh, you know, everybody's different. Sometimes it is an NIL, you know, uh, matchup. Sometimes it's a, a matchup of academics. Sometimes it's, you know, an outside influence, whether it be a seven-on-seven -seven coach or, or a high school coach or the mom and dad or a grandma um, that, you know, just says, you know, I really like – the overall deal at school X or school Y. And, you know, you know, and then sometimes a kid just goes, even though 14 people in my family are telling me to go this place, I really want to go here. And it's my decision. I'm the one waking up at 6am to do these workouts. So I'm going here. Like everything and is different. And, uh, and so like, it's never as just as simple as, you know, some on the GQ or, or fans on Twitter or whatever uh, want to make it to believe. Sometimes it is. 
Sometimes it's as black and white as it looks, and then sometimes yeah. it's absolutely not. I think Ricky Gibson's a good one to point back to. Ten days out from that decision last year, Georgia had every bit of the momentum. Yep. And, and all he ended up in Knoxville. Let's go to Hank Vol 63. Tennessee's got a ton of seniors and redshirt seniors. How much of a positive impact will that have on the number of wins and losses in 2023, Rob? I'm a big fan of getting old, you know, as long, you know, it, not, not, not getting old with a bunch of stiffs, but I, I think maturity and, you know, having veterans in, in college sports is, is a huge benefit. I mean, you, you see it every March in, in basketball. And I, I think the same thing in football. If you've got a couple, you know, six year, you know, offensive linemen, defensive linemen types that have been around the program forever. I think that's a big advantage. Rob, who just said, quote, I love getting old. Also, when playing golf with Rob and he's out there trying to warm up on the driving range and like he's got three cracks in his back popping and everything is going, oh, I hate getting old AP. <laughs> smooth as silk. Now that's your hair. That's smooth as silk. Some of us don't even have any left, but you are my friend. Salt and pepper forever, baby. Dean Tubby wants to know what are the what are y'all's thoughts on the Purdue Collective and the Black and Gold website partnership? Do you think this is a one off or the direction things could go in the future? I mean, I do think that that you could see it happen more and more. Um, yeah, and their and their deal is is you pay you know twenty a month or whatever, and you get access to that website plus other things. Um, you know, and that's something that we know. Uh, you know, a year or so ago, we talked about doing with, you know, with Volunteer Club, you know, uh, you know, we, we at least, you know, took a look at it. And, you know, to this point, we haven't done that. But I think that it's something that could happen. We do a lot of collaborative effort, you know, with with the Volunteer Club, whether it be Ball Club Confidential or feature stories here and there, um, you know, again. The replay. Yeah, not not everybody is going to be a fan of, of, of how college football is headed. I get it. I mean. You know, I, I think that, you know, fundamentally there are some real flaws in the system, but the system is the system right now. And everybody's got, you know, everybody can play by this set of rules. And if you're not, you're getting passed. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I think you see this probably more and more. Is it going to be some like where every 24-7 on three rivals, you know, side is affiliated with a collective? No, I don't believe that. But I do think that you'll see it probably more than just once. Matt, let's go to you for this one. Cavs, BSB 16, where does Tennessee turn to at defensive tackle and offensive tackle, um, you know, excluding Warren, I guess. Uh, is it going to be mostly the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, so when you when you look at defensive tackle, um, there's not a lot of names on the board. And, you know, they'll, they'll bring Denise White in this weekend, and that's a guy they'll learn a little bit more about. Um, we'll see what they choose to do there. But he, he's got a good frame. He comes from a high school that they're familiar with. So they'll, they'll at least take a deeper look at him. They'll continue to look at Nazir Smith. And then, you know, we'll see, you know, with Aiden Breland, you needed to get him here this weekend, did you not, AP? I mean, but if you can get him back in the fall, maybe you have a puncher's chance. But that one's always been a long shot. So, um, you know, outside of that, they'll look to the transfer portal. We'll see what pops up in JUCO in the fall. But, you know, an offensive tackle, you know, Bennett Warren still on the board. We'll see when he does something. And then outside of that, again, I think you'll look to the transfer portal. We'll go next to I miss Demarius Moore. Through two years, we haven't seen running backs involved too much in the passing game. Do you foresee that changing? Is this a matter of Josh Hobbs' approach to his offense, or is this more about Hooker's chemistry with the wide receivers? I think, you know, 
for the most part, it, it's just not a huge, huge part of the offense. I think it certainly can be. It's kind of like four wide receiver sets. Like, they can absolutely throw that in there. But they love to use tight ends so much that they don't really have to go that route. So, um, you know, I think in certain instances against certain defensive looks, Rob, they can morph. And, and absolutely those receive, or the running backs can turn into more uh, of receiving threats uh, in this offense. Yeah, I thought, frankly, I mean, I thought it would be a bit, you know, not knowing a ton about the offense, you know, before Josh got here, I thought I thought that it would be a bigger part of the offense, and it's it's not like it's non-existent, but um, you know, you don't see anybody putting up numbers like Jameer Gibbs did, you know, last year at Alabama. That's filthy, man. And um, I but in, in this the spring game was probably a one-off, but what I means Selden. I mean, could that be a preview? I, know, I mean, I don't remember what his, his stats were exactly, but he he was heavily involved. But last year, you go back and look, and um, you know, Jabari Smalls is leads leads the running backs in receptions, and he had a, he had a dozen. And so it's I mean, two years in, I mean, I think you've seen what Heupel's offense is about, and I would say it's just you know the backs just start that bigger part of the passing game. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to see 40 receptions from Alvin Kamara in this offense, right? That's what he had back in 2016. Uh, but I do think, I agree with you, I think it could be a, a much bigger part. Uh, we'll go now to Southern 98. Um, do you see this new NIL bipartisan bill being more beneficial for the athletes or for the NCAA universities? Looking at the athletes into school for, or locking the athletes into school for three years seems pretty extreme with coaches being able to move at a whim. I don't know about three, but uh, the, the biggest problem is NIL and the one-time transfer combination. I've said yeah. that for two years. like, And it all happened together. There you go. Boom. Within six months, boom, boom. And, and, and that's where it, that's where this whole thing kind of got uh, uh, really cloudy. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, I'd love to see them, you know, go back. Now, I'm not saying they have to go back to the archaic, you know, deal. But I, I think that, you know, maybe you have to stay two or you have to sit. Once you stay two, you're free to go wherever you want. Like, I think there's got to be more than just you can do it any time. I mean, like, there's a lot of chatter out there amongst high school coaches in the state of Tennessee right now about the Tibbles to Belay uh, passing a one-time transfer without having to move. But Rob, your kids just come out of the high school ranks. And think about that, like, where you didn't have to move and you could just cherry-pick players left and right and they wouldn't have to move in your zone. Like, I think that's a recipe for disaster. The problem is there's so many schools – at the high school level that are out there recruiting kids to and from other places that the TWSAA is just tired of dealing with it, in my opinion. So, like, you put that at the college level, it's just a, a thrill a minute. And, you know, I think that ultimately there's going to be tweaks on both sides of this thing if it were to get passed. I just don't think it's going to pass just, oh, yeah, that's great. Let's just roll through it. Like, I think that there's going to have to be some tweaks on both sides. Yeah, I don't know about three, but – at, at the end of the day, I, two is not a stretch. And, and then I think you have the exceptions that you already have in place. You know, like, look at the guys at Northwestern. They're not they're not going to be held there. Which those you know, are like, in there. If you, if you read the whole thing, you know, coaching change, coach fire, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. But, again, I, I don't know about three. I mean, that's that's a while. But but I don't think two is out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, if you want to take your chances and, and, you know, transfer before that and, you know, apply for immediate eligibility, then – you do, do that, but there has to be some, you know, fine line there that you can figure out. Quarterbacks were getting granted eligibility before the transfer portal even happened. So, you know, hey, <laughs> go back to the old days. I mean, I'm sorry. When you look at that 
when you look at that instance and, and the quarterbacks that, you know, they had whatever their circumstances were, but then Luke Ford gets the nod to go back to Illinois. I mean, that, that told you there that the system was broke. Yeah. You know? yeah. Grandpa, <laughs> grandfather, grandfather's in terrible shape. Yeah, you play, but you know, Justin Fields, sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Nader Tater, nineteen ninety six. Uh, Matt, let's go to you on this one. Chaz Nimrod, Caleb Webb, Nathan Leacock. Who was the highest long term upside? Who is the best ca- career at Tennessee, and which one is most likely not to be on the roster next year? That second wave of receivers here at Tennessee. Our bench cut, baby. Do it. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think realistically, all those guys have pretty good upside. Um, you know, I, th- I think you still have to continue learning about Nathan Leacock. I mean, he's just you know, he hasn't he hasn't we haven't seen a lot of him. Um, Caleb Webb, he, he's really took a step. You know, this off season and getting in there working, you know, being around Ramel Keaton. I think that's the perfect mentor for Caleb Webb in, in a lot of ways. Ramel Keaton waited his turn. Uh, they're very similar personality-wise. I, I think that meshes in a lot of ways. And then Chaz, Chaz Nimrod, I, I think he just he's he's a little bit more explosive than the other two, maybe um, in, in some different ways in, in the downfield situation. So I I don't know. I I couldn't I couldn't start bench or cut those guys. They're all pretty similar to me in a lot of different ways. Um, re- read the second part of it to me again, Eric. What what it, what it wanted the. Uh, which is uh, which one's most likely not to be on the roster next year? Because I mean that's the thing. I was going to go to AP on this. Like we've seen the last two off season going out and getting a wide receiver. That's great. Potentially after this twenty three season, by Brew, you're definitely not going to have Ramel Keaton. Potentially Thornton's gone. Are you going to see this wave come up, or are you going to try to get multiple receivers from the transfer portal? Well, for me, I, I just think that you know. If, if Tennessee's receivers have another really good year, and why would they not, right? Um, yeah. Like, why would any of those guys leave? Like, yeah, that's that's where they're, I'm at. They're, they're in line to step into that role a year from now. Now, who's the most likely to leave? I'm going to lean Caleb Webb just because, uh, you know, you don't hear as much buzz about him uh, and he in year two in the program. But, you know, I, again, I have no reason to believe that he's going to leave. Like, I just think that, that why would he leave? I mean, he's only a year into the program. You know, he's going into year two. He's going to try to, you know, continue to grow his game. And so, like, I think right now it's just too early for any of them. Now, with that said, you know, does one of them get disgruntled because, you know, they're not playing? I mean, that's possible, right? I mean, you know, Jordan Phillips wasn't playing last year. Got upset, left. You know, in reality, you look at Tennessee's interior defensive line situation. Would he not play a bunch of snaps here? I mean, like, you know, I, sometimes you can knee jerk it um, and, and make too quick of decisions. There were multiple high end guys that you know, were at other schools that I know that thought about going in. They were, they were just coming off the freshman year, that thought about going in the portal and had some wise people get to them and say, look, you're just a freshman. Like, quit thinking that you've got to play right away or you got to go transfer. Like, that's just not a smart decision. And so, like, you know, the biggest thing is having the, kind of those mentors around players. But if you said, you know, who do I the, – the, in the short term, I think it's Chaz Nimrod with the most upside. Long term, could be Leacock. Um, but I think all three definitely have talent, as Matt said. All right, we got plenty more questions to get into. But first, uh, he's not here today, but our friend Brent Hubbs going to tell us all about exterior homes. Yeah, roof again, baby. Your roof. It's the most important protection against nature for your home or your business. That's why I trust the experts at Exterior Home Solutions. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So wouldn't be a VolQuest production if we didn't see it, see that face or hear that voice, right? He, AP, if he, if he, I just think about Humpty Dumpty every time I see that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> How many pieces? If you had only been there when he was coming back down the ladder. I mean, we've told that story a bunch, but it was just, it was a thrill a minute. And I was oh, like, a, AP, while we're on break here, how many times did you get to see Barbie this weekend? Uh, zero. <laughs> I took my, my kids and I went to. Uh, no way. My kids and I went to Indiana Jones last week, and then they stayed at my parents' house this past week. Appreciate Craig and Cherry watching them. Um, and yeah, the wife and I went and saw uh, Sound of Freedom, but have not seen Oppenheimer, have not seen Mission Impossible, and have not seen Barbie. Uh, but I would definitely go see Mission Impossible and Oppenheimer. Have no de- desire to go see Barbie, but I do understand why it is getting uh, a certain level of interest because you know it's kind of like the the you know the, the one movie a while back. It just kind of brought you know, brought out the, the feels for our generation. All right, let's go to CN31. Uh, Rob, all the wide receiver hype is centered around Squirrel and Thornton, and I feel like people are overlooking Brew McCoy, who is uh, poised to have a step like Tillman or Hyatt. Uh, first offseason with some consistency in the team setting in several years where you can just focus on improving his body. I would agree with this poster, Rob. I think uh, Brew McCoy, he was just always there last year. Everybody forgot about him. Sometimes Hendon Hooker didn't look that way, but he was there. Second on the team in receptions and all that, he was kind of steady Eddie. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not forgetting about Brew over Squirrel. Don't get me wrong, but if you see Dante Thornton out there on the practice field, I mean, you can you can see what the what the buzz is about. But but I don't I don't think Brew's a, a forgotten man. You know, at least for me, I mean, 50 catches, 600 plus yards. I mean, in the SEC, just coming in, and and he's a brute, man. I mean, he's he is a big guy. I, I, I would look for him. You know, I, I think Thornton's going to be electric, but I, I think Brew will be your leading receiver. Yeah, yeah. Catches wise, catches wise. I'm interested too. I mean, like you know, Joe is so cr- close to Ramel. I thought one of the interesting quotes from SEC Media Days is when Joe talked about how quiet Mel is, and when they went on that trip to New York with Spire, that that Ramel kind of came out of his shell. And the most he's ever seen, you know, that Joe's ever seen him talk and just all these different things. I mean, like, you start having little breakthrough moments like that with teammates. And I think that's where you really start to cultivate a, a really close relationship. And for Joe, you know, I think he's already had that with Ramel. I think he's developed that with Brew. And then, again, Dante Thornton watched that Orange Bowl and said, I can run. This guy can throw it a mile. Let me go let him throw it a mile to me. Let's go to line time 0423, uh, kind of on that Brew McCoy subject. What would be more impactful for Tennessee this year, Brew McCoy being all SEC, or the same for Aaron Beasley? Uh, I think they can mix and match uh, receivers in, in each game. Somebody could be really good, Rob. But if you add an all SEC linebacker, they go a long way. Linebacker on the defensive side, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I don't have anything to add. I, I agree with AP. All right, let's go to Fogman615. Nissan Stadium will have a week uh, to potentially alter the new turf after the Titans play 
uh, the Patriots on August 25th, an exhibition play. Uh, will we see the power T and checkerboard generic Nashville items? No changes to the hash bar. No changes other than the hash bars. What's that turf going to look like, AP? I'm pretty sure it will be a because uh, I think it's considered a Tennessee home game. They just had to play it at a neutral site, so I'm pretty sure that it will be power tees and orange uniforms and and, and all that and, and checkerboards. Now I'll have to ask to find out, but I'm pretty sure that's how it would be. I think it definitely. Um, we'll have a Tennessee flavor to it. Athron wants to know, he's got a couple of question, questions. Uh, Matt Ray, any new tight end names out there? No, no, not to speak of. <laughs> I mean, transfer you know, portal, unless, unless Roger. Yeah, unless Roger, it's going to be the transfer portal. The longer it goes, the more likely it seems like Tank is not going to play at safety. And AP, I mean, that's you got to figure out legal situation, but I mean, if he's healthy, he's had a good summer. If he's out there, I mean, he's going to play some no matter what. And it's his job to lose. I would imagine he's still around the team. Nothing has changed as far as his ability to, you know, be a factor in fall camp, be a factor in the season. So as of now, as we head into this court date here at the end of the month, as of now, you know, at full speed go for, for McCullough to be a part of this football team. Last one here from Athron, uh, more for, for Rob and AP here. Give us some of the best UT all-name teams. Uh, essentially, got some funny names. The only one I could think of is Jim Bob Cooter and a current 2024 prospect that Tennessee's obviously in on, but um, kind of far out there. King Joseph Edwards, I think, is a, a great name. Yeah, I mean, Jim Bob Cooter. I mean, does it get any better than that? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm not trying to search here. I mean, like David Yancey. I mean, like, I, you know, I – I don't know. All right, we'll go to competition orange. Uh, given the competition and relative lack of high-end talent that seems to be involved in football portal recruiting, is relying on transfers truly an effective alternative to missing on high school recruits that are high on your board? No. I mean, you, I mean Matt and AP, you guys know better than me, but I don't think so at all. I mean, I think it's a pick, you know, you fill some gaps, but that better not be your bread and butter. 100%. Can't live there. Yeah, you, you can't live there. I mean, it's that simple. You, you can you can find a stopgap, but you can't live there. You, you want to get high school kids that fit what you're doing and, you know, that you have plenty of time to evaluate and bring them in and develop them. Sam Smith, 2233, rank these four quarterbacks on Tennessee's schedule. This is a good one. Graham Mertz, Spencer Rattler, Connor Wagman, or Devin Leary? I mean, if, if Tennessee gets what they got – Last year in Columbia, it's Spencer Rattler by a, by a long shot. It's not even close. If you get that Spencer Rattler, if you get 2021 Devin Leary, those are your top two no matter what. Graham Mertz is last no matter what, yeah, in my he's opinion. He's last, and, and, and the kid from A&M has got the most upside of any of them. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. The kid from A&M can play. It's just, you know, what happens with that you, you, We've only seen him play five games, four, four starts. So, yeah, I, I would rank them at their best right now. Spencer Rattler, Devin Leary, Connor Wagman, and then Graham Mertz. I think Graham Mertz is not going to be a perfect fit down there in Florida. Uh, Rocky Top T says, I think eight wins in a season would be a good year. Nine or above would be a great season. Give you a realistic take. I'm predicting eight to nine wins, by the way. We've kind of done this a couple of times throughout the offseason, AP, but what's your take here a couple of weeks out? Yeah, I mean, I think eight wins and everybody would be disappointed. <laughs> I mean, like, schedule's the not quarters super, will burn, burn to the ground. Schedule's not super tough. But with all that said, until last year, Tennessee hadn't won 
more than eight since 2007. So like, you know, they'd only won eight twice. And so again, I think when you think about, you know, where they've been, where they're, where they're trying to get to, I think again, eight would be uh, a bit of a disappointment. That means you've lost to some, some games or some teams that maybe you think that you would lose to. Cause I mean, I think this offense is going to have that one or two hot games where they probably, you know, has, have a real chance to win a game they may not supposed to. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, eight would be a disappointment for most fans. I think nine's kind of where everybody's kind of got it pegged, anything better than that. And, you know, everybody's going to be smiling ear to ear. All right, let's go to Grover Levy. This 24 class seems to be more unpredictable than previous classes. Do you see this as an anomaly or do you think this is the new normal? I, I think it's the new norm, Matt. I think the biggest yeah. thing is, you know, and I, I saw somebody say, you know, AP's even contemplating, you know, this is a profession now. I, I was joking about that. But, I mean, like, this this class has been more of a headache. I think a lot of them, you've seen it the last couple of weeks, you know, they, they really, they don't like the prediction stuff, you know. And that's why twice in the last two weeks you've seen a kid call a, a reporter that, that puts a you know prediction in and ask them to take it down because they don't like it. You know, kids have always not liked it, but – they've never felt more empowered than they do right now. They, they feel like they own a lot of the power in their recruitments and in their careers because of NIL and all these other things. So I think you're seeing them be a little more mischievous about it. I don't think that they're bad kids. I don't think they're trying to, I think they just want their moment. They don't want somebody trying to steal their moment. And so inevitably that ends up with a lot of uh, misdirection um, you know, trying to, you know, preserve that. And, you know, it probably drives people like me and Matt and others, um, you know, crazy. I don't have much hair left as it is. Uh, after this 24 group, I may just go ahead and just, you know. Hey, guys, do you, do you not think it's also maybe, I mean, the unpredictability is so, sort of influenced by everybody's deciding earlier and earlier now. I mean, you got younger younger kids making earlier decisions you know, quicker than the, they, they ever have. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of that plays into it. I mean, there's definitely a bigger push now um, earlier on. I mean, we, we've talked about it before. June and July are the new November and December. I mean, you know, in terms of the recruiting calendar right now or, you know, what February used to be. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I'm with Austin. A lot of these kids, they don't like predictions. They want to preserve their moment. Um, and, and it's just – it's tough to do that. You, you have to – Dip through, you know, different people calling you. Who can I trust? You know, and sometimes who can you trust in your inner circle or, you know, people that are, you know, even close, you know, that, that are close enough to be maybe considered inner circle. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough for these kids in a lot of different ways. I'm like, I don't think they're bad kids, but they have to be a little bit more mischievous about it right now. AP, when the uh, TSSAA passed the one time transfer, I'm going to need you, Packer, and CB45 to put in your crystal balls for the, the, this movement here in East Tennessee, all right? We'll do, buddy. Uh, I, don't, no. I, don't, I don't do crystal balls. I know it's the joke. That's why I said it. Uh, does Christian Harrison figure into the secondary rotation this year? If so, at what spot? He's a corner, guys, but does he fit into the rotation? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't think so. Two more here. This is, from, this is from Davey Vall. Most underrated storyline for Tennessee team going into the season? Uh, you know, I, I guess for me is, you know, like do a couple of these younger guys unseat some of the older guys, whether it be a safety, 
whether it be, um, you know, uh, at running back, you know, I mean, I'm not saying Cam Selden's going to start, but I mean, does, does, does Jabari Small get the start against Virginia or is that Jalen Wright? Does he get past him in fall camp to get the starters? Well, now I think we all know they're all going to play, but like, I still think that stuff matters. You know, is Tank McCullough still in there at safety to start the game against Virginia? You know, you know, what about, you know, some of these defensive linemen? Like, is, is Roman Harrison just your, 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 your main guy, you know, on the edge, Rob, or does James Pierce or Josh Josephs or somebody else, you know, pass him up? I think the biggest question is, is can some of these younger guys who have probably more talent leapfrog older guys with more experience and less talent? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would also say that we get into, you know, not just us on the podcast, but on the message board. I mean, it, we we get into the minutia so much that I don't know that there really is an overlooked storyline for, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you if you're up to your neck in fall quest. But I would, if you're on the outside looking in, more of a casual fan, I, I would agree with AP. I mean, is there a legit push from anybody in the secondary that, you know, the younger kids, like, and I th- I, I like the way AP phrased it, probably more talented, but less experienced. And that's always, you know, coach, <laughs> coaches, you know, yeah. always their conundrum. I mean, what do you, how do you pull the trigger on playing the mortality kid and live with, you know, maybe a, a, a bust or two? Yeah, I mean, you've got the who's behind Roman Harrison. You've got the secondary. You've got the left guard, the right tackle. I mean, I'll just continue to say McCallum Castles because he's going to have to play. Tennessee's got to play two tight ends, has to play two tight ends. Um, you know, how, how does he progress throughout camp after coming over in the spring? So I'll say tight end position as well. Matt, you got one? No, I'm with, I was going with you on the tight end position. I think that was a, that's a good pick. All right, final question here. Wake Ball wants to know, can you give us some of your best football road trips within the SEC? Where do you like to travel the most uh, during football season? Vanderbilt. I'm not <laughs> playing, man. I love – it's like going to a high school stadium, and I love high school football. And you roll in there five minutes before kickoff and park and walk in. And, you know, uh, as far as, like, real big stadiums, I love a and I think – I take Tennessee off. I've always said this. I take Tennessee off because I think it's kind of like people in – live in Orlando, they take for granted Disney World. People live in Sevier County, take for granted Dollywood. You know, like you take for granted where you're at all the time. So I take Tennessee away. Uh, I love A&M. Uh, I, I like going to Georgia. I like going to Alabama. I like going to LSU. I like going to Arkansas. Not a big fan of Florida. Not a big fan of South Carolina. Um, Auburn at night is awesome. Day game, yeah, you know. Uh, miss The Mississippi schools, nah, I don't care, really care about that. Uh, Missouri is dreadful. Um, and Kentucky's not bad just because it's two and a half hours. The sun in Missouri really gave you problems a couple of years ago, right? You know the sun always gives me problems. And that's what <laughs> I, I went to the eye doctor, and here's why. I figured this out. Um, <clears throat> my retinas are, are curved, and so because they're curved, it lets particles of light get in. And so thus it gives it the – even when it's not as bright, it makes – it's bright for me. I didn't know that. I just recently found that out. See, well, I'm glad we. I'm glad we figured out the, the issue here because <laughs> over the years we've literally had to stop and wait for the clouds to move before we sometimes, can continue. Sometimes yeah. it just depends. Or we flip the, we flip spots and you put the sun in my eyes. Uh, I like Georgia and Alabama. Still making my way around the SEC. Rob, any other ones that you enjoy that we haven't mentioned? Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, I mean, that, from, <laughs> from from my perspective, my, my favorites are the ones that are easiest to get in and get out of. But if I'm a fan, uh, Georgia and Alabama, man, I mean, if you want to go, I mean, I think the tailgate seat in Athens for me it would be at the top of the list as far as fan experience. 
Yeah, I wish Death Valley last. I know Tennessee did, Tennessee was glad that it wasn't, but I wish Death Valley last year would have been at night. You know, no. that, that was still a good trip. Um, I think we saw Auburn at night, what, two, three years ago during the COVID season? And that yep. was, I mean, it was limited capacity, but you know, Auburn's interesting. I mean, you, you, you just drive and then it's there. <laughs> and, I mean, it just kind of kind of pops up on you. You don't expect it. So yeah. Both of those. I was going to say A&M to Echo AP. I mean, that's, I mean, there's probably some places in Honduras that are easier to get to, but the actual, you know, stadium and, and you know, game day crowd was, was pretty phenomenal. I know it's on the SEC, but I would go back to Pittsburgh every single year. That was a great trip. Baseball, walk around downtown Pittsburgh. That's Santa. not why you like that trip. Then you know it. It had nothing to do with anything about the city. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention that one, but the other things that came along with it were fun too. The hotel that we had to stay in. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. All right. Appreciate you guys as always for getting in those mailbag questions every single Thursday right here on, um, on, on VolQuest.com. We couldn't do it without our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. You can give them a call today for a free estimate for any home improvement, upgrade, uh, renovation, whatever the case may be. Exterior Home Solutions, 865 524 5888 or online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. He's Austin Price, Rob Lewis, Matt Ray. I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here. This has been the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.